Hi everyone, it's Kristen Rocco here. I hope you're doing well. I wanted to pop in really quickly before we get into this next episode, which I know you're gonna love, to let you know that I've been thinking so much about you over the past month and a half since I started this podcast. And I really wanted to not only create this podcast so you can get inspiration from other people on defining your own life and making those bold moves that you're so capable of, I also wanted to start building some resources for you um, that you could access online. And so I wanted to let you know that my page is ready. Um, It's starting at infancy, and of course I'm going to build it out over time. But for now, I want you to go to kristenrocco.com slash bold dash moves dash resources to find a list of resources to help you start building your bold moves muscle. There you're going to find a list of uh, recommended reading. These are books that will help you embrace and practice a bold moves mindset. And I've pulled out a few quotes from my most recent guests um, that really give you that inspiration about what bold moves are all about. And finally, I have a survey on my uh, on this webpage as well to learn more about what your boldest dreams are. I really, really want to hear from you, the listener, about what your bold dreams are and why you're tuning in so that I can help build even more resources and book more guests that can help you along on your journey. I've linked the Bold Moves resources page right there in the show notes, so all you have to do is go to the show notes and click the link and you'll be taken to the page. I can't wait to hear from you and learn more about what your Bold Move dreams are all about. Now I hope you enjoy this episode. Being bold is really listening to that inner voice that holds the truth and knowledge and then choosing to take action on it. Welcome to the Bold Moves How Did You Know podcast, a podcast for the naturally curious who wanted to find their own path. I'm your host, Kristen Rocco, and I'm here sharing bold move stories that propelled my guests from curiosity to action. And in doing so, they've defined a path that is purposeful to them. Through these stories, I hope you'll be inspired to pursue your boldest dreams. With me today is my guest, Aneta Kuzma. She's the founder of the Ardellian Kuzma Group. Um, And in her business, she coaches and consults her clients to create transformational change. Uh, She's got a really interesting background and story, so I can't wait for her to dive in. But she was a former bank executive who now works with high-achieving professionals and entrepreneurs to create mindful leadership, increase focus, creativity, and productivity, and deliver wellness programs to organizations helping teams achieve optimal health. She has a new book (laughs) published recently. It's called Live the Width of Your Life, 365 Daily Meditations of Living with Purpose, Passion, and Peace. Like I said, it just published at the end of last year. Annetta, I am so glad you are with me today. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Kristen. I'm so happy to be here. So before you started what you're doing today, which is your coaching and consulting business, you had what many people would consider a successful career. But instead of continuing on that path, you did a major pivot. And so I would love for you to talk about um, 
what that pivot was like for you. What were you doing and why did you decide to pursue this new direction? Yeah. Um, thank you for the wonderful intro and for the question. Yeah, I. you're right. I think that many of us are raised thinking that we know what life should look like. We are sort of have these successful paths that are defined by society or maybe our parents or our teachers, you know, people who are well-meaning, who really want us to have a safe job, a safe career, you know, something that seems fairly um, natural. And uh, so I did that, you know, I kind of played the safe route for 25 years. I was in the corporate world and I thought I'd stay there. You know, the idea and the comfort of having a paycheck coming in, having a place that you go into an office with teams to work in is, um, is familiar for so many of us. And it's what we believe we're supposed to do. And uh, don't get me wrong. I loved what I was doing. I grew up, you know, in banking for 22 years. I said I had the coolest jobs in banking. You know, I got to do a lot of interesting things in marketing and digital marketing and communications and, and things that I really enjoyed. But I always knew and I felt like that there was a piece of me that wanted to do something different, something that was more tied to service and entrepreneurship. My father is an entrepreneur. And, uh, while I was raising kids and kind of doing the things that I, you know, were important to me, it wasn't even something that I could imagine myself doing. And uh, once the kids got a little bit older and I had more time to reflect and to spend time asking myself what was interesting to me, what were my real passions, um, I knew it was time to maybe at least start to explore what the next chapter of my life could look like for me. And that's when I hired a coach and it was the beginning of designing and defining the life that I live today. You said so many great things <laughs> in, the, in, in that response. I just want to kind of ask a, a few questions because um, sure. I think those were some pivotal moments in there. Uh, yeah. You said initially that, you know, as we're starting to define our careers, we're kind of led by other people. Can you explain a little mm -hmm. bit more about what you mean by that? And maybe, you know, how some of your clients experience that too. Yeah, I think that um, people seek comfort and people um, like to know what to expect next. And so for those of us that maybe go to college and that are encouraged to pursue a professional career, the expectation is that especially at the time when I graduated college in the nineties, like you, if you got a job at a big corporation and organization, that was really good. That was success. That meant that you were going to be able to grow a career. If you did a good job and you wanted to stay there, there are opportunities to build a multi-decade career in one place. Mm -hmm. Now that changed over time. And some of the younger kids, you know, um, they hop around a little bit more, but that was sort of what, I think my parents expected of me. It's what I thought was the next logical step after graduating from college. And I sort of fell into banking. It really was more of, I was looking for an organization in the city that I lived in that, you know, was home-based. It had the headquarters here, which meant opportunities for growth, more opportunities to, um, to try new things in different areas. So I think that's the expectation that I had. No, 
nobody was encouraging me to say, hey, you should start your own business when you graduate from college and, you know, or take bigger risks. It was really not about risk taking um, as far as I could remember for me. Yeah. So if you put yourself back into that place where you were feeling like you wanted to make a change, what were some of the things that you were sensing um, that was turning you into a new direction or pushing you into a new direction, or at least thinking about a new direction? How did you know that you wanted to make a change? Yeah, a lot of things. It was interesting. I felt like, um, so I always was very passionate about yoga and meditation and wellness and just self-help and improvement. That was something that was always very passionate to me. So I'd read lots of books on it. But I think that um, during the time where I was like, hmm, this is interesting, I started seeing people make a career in doing these things that were my passions. And up until that point, I don't think I ever really had a thought that you could turn your passions into a career and one that you could get paid for. So that was the first piece. Um, The second was just, you know, engaging a coach, someone who I trusted that was a friend of mine who she did this. She moved from corporate into coaching other people and seemed to really enjoy the flexibility, enjoy the people she got to work with. And so seeing that it was possible from someone who I knew personally uh, just opened my ideas to new potentials that I didn't even think was possible. And, um, and third, like I said, is I think it's just making time to ask myself what was interesting. I wanted to have fun again. I wanted to really, you know, explore what it could look like to build and to create something new. And I wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily in that creative space any longer in the career that, um, that I had at the time. Yeah. You, that was really great. I think you, you said a lot about like, like looking towards people who are doing what you wanted to do to mm-hmm. help you know it was possible. I think that's a huge thing. And then seeking out the support to kind of make that leap to that next phase of your life um, was really fundamental to making the change, right? I think it's yeah. all about, you know, seeing role models do something that you want to do, knowing that's possible, and then figuring out the little baby steps you can take to start emulating that. Is it hiring a coach? Is it I, you know, I don't know what the next step would be for somebody, you know, whatever their dream is, but like, it's little mini actions, I feel like that then can add up to getting you to that next place in your life. Yeah, I think you're right. And it was just a curiosity that I had. It was like taking action on curiosity to say, hmm, this is interesting. What could this look like? Let me talk to some people that have done this and see what their experience is. What what would be the next logical steps? I think until I was in the position to really ask myself those questions, I didn't see it as a possibility. And when then, when you start taking action and getting curious and, um, you know, I, after I hired my coach, I was still in my career for two years after it took me a while to really get the courage to find the timing was right. And, um, and to feel like I personally was ready to make the leap. So you can start, exploring way before you're ready to actually do anything about it. I love that you mentioned curiosity because it makes me think about um, last year, I did a lot of self-exploration myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) to figure out what my next path looks like. And one of the things I did was I built out a whole deck, like slide presentation. I'm very analytical like that, I guess, (laughs) type A personality. But anyways, I started like doing a deep exploration around what's my purpose Um, 
how do I define success? How do I define freedom? But one of the slides is was about curiosity. What am mm -hmm. I curious about? Because, mm -hmm. because I think that's such an important question. My, my coach asked me that question and I share this um, on another episode, but my brain was so locked in, in that corporate life that I didn't really even know for a while what I was curious about. But as they, as it came to me, I would add these bullet points to the slide and then slowly, but surely I would start to see, okay, this seems to be a direction in my life. I wrote that on my curiosity slide. There must be something there that maybe I should think more about. So that was really helpful to me also um, yeah. in, in figuring out what my bold move was going to be, <laughs> my next one. Yeah. And it's, I tell, like with the curiosity, um, I do a journal prompt and I tell my clients to do it. And just anybody, I always say, um, wouldn't it be cool if, and just use that as a prompt and see what comes next for you. Because too often we are scared to write something down because we feel like we have to commit to doing it, or we don't know how we can make it happen. So we sometimes censor ourselves. And uh, I just say, wouldn't it be cool if, and just allow yourself to just explore, spend some time with that. What comes after that? That's where you'll see what you're curious about or what you have questions about or what you're ready to sort of explore a little bit more. Yeah. My next question was actually going to be, I hear a lot from, you know, friends of mine and, and other people that they feel stuck. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I wanted to ask you, you know, from your experience working with clients on creating this transformational change, what characteristics do you think go hand in hand with being bold? We were, we've been talking about curiosity and you gave that really yeah. good practical tip. So how mm -hmm. people can start to just consider it. Um, yeah. are, is there anything else that you would say um, around like characteristics and how of, of being bold that you think are important to taking that next step? And then you know, just frankly, like how, how can people unstuck themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Being stuck is definitely common for many of us. And, um, I would say for myself and what I see with my clients is that fear keeps people stuck fears mm -hmm. that whether they're rational or not, most of the time they're not necessarily founded. They're just deep rooted fears that we carry around. That's what keeps people stuck. Um, even the idea of having a conversation or exploring something different, if there is fear um, associated with how people will perceive me or what will they think I'm doing, then we start to build this natural resistance that keeps us stuck. So first thing I always do is identify what are the fears that people are having, get them all onto paper. I have a fear exercise I do with all my clients. And then we really say, okay, how can we minimize these What's the real impact here? And when we go through that, it helps to soften or diffuse the fears a little bit more. And suddenly you can identify whether they're rational or, or irrational fears. And, um, and then after that, people are more willing to take action. And I think everyone can, is capable of being bold if they can move past the things that they fear. Um, that, I would say, is just got such a grip on so many people. Money fears, um, mm -hmm. fear that it's too late to make a change, fear that you know there's no clarity, that people can't figure out what they want to do. Some of, the, some of those are the biggest ones that I see. Awesome. Making a little bit of a pivot. I want to talk about your book. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a new book. 
and, and a podcast that are tight. Both, I think, have the same name, right? Live the width yeah. of your life. So that's a really compelling title. I would love to know more about what it means to you and what it, what do you hope that your audience or that the readers gain from this title? Yeah, I, um, it comes from a Diane Ackerman quote that says, I don't want to have lived my entire life and read, realize that I just lived the length of it. I want to have lived the width of it as well. And I sat with that for a long time when I first read it and I thought, gosh, what does it mean for me? And am I living the width of my life? And maybe just kind of, I thought about how we want to live a long life because we think that there's always that we need more time ahead to do the things that we want to do. There's a someday out there where we take action and do the things that we want to do. It's either after retirement or waiting for a vacation or there's some big hurdle. And the width is actually not looking forward at the future in terms of how many days, but we're looking at today, each day and saying, how do I live today according to what's most important to me? How do I live today with a sense of intention and being very sort of clear, aligning my daily choices to the values that are most important to me? And so um, I loved it so much. And so I said, you know what, that's what I want to explore with people is in the podcast and also in the book. And the book has 365 daily meditations what I've done is I've actually taken each month and there's a theme for each month. So January is exploring new beginnings and dreaming again. February is mm. self-love and service. March is courage. You know, April right now is all about creating mindful moments. So each month has a theme. And as you go through each day, there's a challenge or a journal prompt, you know, with in addition to the reading. So you can take that small daily action and by um, the end of the year, over the course of reading the entire book, you should see transformation. You should be a different person at the end that you were beginning in January. Because so many of us have bookshelves first full of self-help books. And it's not that we don't read them or understand. We just don't necessarily apply those lessons to, the, to our lives on the daily basis. So that's why I wrote it, um, hoping that uh, we can just take little baby steps every single day. Yeah, I love that when you're when you were talking about uh, living the width of your life and how you shouldn't look, you know, it's not about looking forward. It's about being in the present moment and defining what, you know, the, the width of it is today. Yeah, I was thinking about how I'm enacting that in my life right now. And, um, you know, it's been for me a process over a long time of shifting my mindset. Right. I think mm -hmm. we both agree that mindset yeah. is a really important part of um, being able to live the width of your life. But mm -hmm. for me, you know, I uh, just recently experienced uh, a layoff from my corporate job of um, four. I was with this company for four years and was really successful, really high performing in the role. But of course, you know, the economic environment um, and yeah. with what's going on in technology now, this is like kind of par for the course, right? <laughs> Companies do layoffs. And so, yeah. I quickly had to like think about how I wanted to deal with it. Did mm -hmm. I want to, you know, uh, go into that negative rabbit hole and say, why me, why me? Or did I just want to push myself forward with momentum and have this um, mindset of abundance and optimism? And I'm so excited about what the future is. 
And honestly, it is a choice and that's what I chose to do. And it has brought a lot more meaning into every day of my life um, from yeah. th that point forward. Um, and so I, I love that because it, it helped me step back and think about, am I doing that? And I don't know, you know, if I could have said that a year ago, but I definitely mm -hmm. can say that today. And I think that through some effort and practice, because um, I mentioned that I did this big exploration, right? Um, yeah. You can get there. So I think those guided meditations and the tools and tips that you have in the book, if people are to really sit down and do it, um, they will see that change. It doesn't have to be, you know, investing, you know, even like an hour a day. I mean, it really can be 15 minutes a day where you think Absolutely. about yourself and what you want out of your life. It's so true. And I'm so glad you're doing that for yourself. And I will say the caveat is we always start though with the dreams of where we want to go. So I always say, I want mm -hmm. you to dream. And I, when I work with clients on like, what does success look like for you define in all areas of life, what that looks like. But then it's being able to make sure that every day the actions that you're taking will get you there. So it's important to know where you want to go and then set yourself up every day to make sure that you are intentionally choosing to live that way. Yeah. What do you, th what do you say to people? Cause I was definitely in this place. I was like, I'm not sure where I want to go. I just feel this ping that I want to do something different, something else. Mm -hmm. I feel another calling person, you know, let's say calling. I'm just not exactly sure what that is. You know, do you think it, people have to have a defined goal or a defined dream or is there a process of figuring it out? Yeah, there's the process of figuring it out. I definitely do a lot of different assessments and exercises and even guided future visualizations because the answers are within. It's just that we stop listening to ourselves or maybe never even develop the skills to listen that well. Mm -hmm. But the answers are within. And um, with the different exploration and assessments, you'll start to uncover some things. And then I always say, now go try it out. So there might be something that we're naturally curious about and you try it out and it you might get information that says, ooh, I really like this. I like the feeling of this. This is exciting. Or you go, nah, I can maybe explore this, but it, it doesn't really, um, it, it doesn't get me excited. It doesn't seem like it's something that I want to do. Both of those are wonderful pieces of information. And so it's interesting. It's a little bit of a nuance, but I don't think it's all intellectual where you have to suddenly have this epiphany and you're like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I think that you get some hunches, you then start to test and learn a few things. And then over time, it starts to evolve. When people are, I guess the question is, what have you found to be the most successful for people who are in you know, pretty, um, high, uh, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, people who are in roles that are demanding, high demanding mm -hmm. roles, um, mm -hmm. where they're working, you know, significant amount of hours a day, maybe they're working 10, 12 hours a day. Um, and their time is limited. Do you have any practices that you suggest to people to start focusing inward when they have so many external demands? You know, on top of the work demands, maybe they also have a family um, and other things that, that are taking their attention elsewhere. Yeah, I, I would say um, 
the importance of a morning routine and really good sleep are two places I always start. So one is if we are not sleeping, if we are not resting, we will not have the mental ability capacity to actually do any of this type of work because we are just surviving. And I've been in that state before. I know many people are because we look at the burnout stats, you know, globally, mm-hmm. people are in the state of fight, flight, or freeze. And so they're in- incapable of doing these this type of work in any significant way. So first is I would say, let's adjust your sleep and let's fix sleep. And there's plenty of things that we can do that way. And then when people are sleeping, I would say, then give yourself time in the morning. It could just be 15 minutes where you set your intentions for the day. You decide how are you showing up? What do you need to do? You can do things like meditation or breathing exercises or journaling or quiet reflection, anything that grounds you and that aligns you to what you need for the day instead of immediately grabbing the phone, turning on the news, checking your email and you know getting swept up into... Uh, a very high stress environment, taking those first few moments is really important. And then looking at your schedule and saying, do you have breaks? Do you have times throughout the day where you are able to bring yourself back to the present moment in order to be more mindful and present? Those are some of the, the basic things that I would do. And it doesn't require a lot of time, but it does require us to be intentional and consistent every day. Yeah, so even maybe in your workday, finding those 15-minute breaks between between the one 30-minute meeting and the next 30-minute meeting, right, where you can maybe jot down a few ideas or thoughts. Um, I love that. Yeah, because like I said, I don't think it takes a lot of time, but to to use your word, it takes intention. And Mm -hmm. then I think it becomes habitual, right? It's like, okay, 15 minutes every morning, this is what I do before I get started with the next thing. Yep. you, you know, in addition to coaching your clients to help them create the transformational change, and maybe it's not in addition to, it's a part of, mm-hmm. um, a lot of what you coach is wellness, right? And how that plays into the equation. So could you talk a little bit uh, more about that? We talked about um, meditation a bit, but, you know, how does holistic wellness play into helping somebody take a bold move? Yeah, I think it's um it's the first step is really taking good care of ourselves. And like I said before, is um, I like this definition of optimal health, which is mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And so we are we cannot compartmentalize ourselves. I think that it's you know we have to be able to look at ourselves as a whole. And right now, because I do so many, I do so much work with organizations. Uh, companies are recognizing that their teams need to be able to bring their whole self to work. And they're noticing things like people are more anxious and more stressed and maybe less resilient. And there's a lot of, you know, then challenges. So being able to take care of those things first is important. I always include the yoga, meditation, and breath work with all my coaching clients. Uh, I always offer it as part of the wellness programs that I do for companies because those individuals who show up for themselves and do these mindfulness practices every day have um, some more significant results, also sustainable results, and they happens faster. And anything that we're able to do for ourselves every day versus just 
coming into coaching, you know, once a week or once every two weeks, of course, when you show up for yourself, you're going to be able to focus in on your mindset. You're going to be able to focus in on your energy. You're going to be able to tap in and recognize what you need to do, what your intentions need to be for yourself. And, um, and then the other thing is, is really having solid routines. I do think it's important for folks to take control of their schedules. The other thing I am noticing, um, too often is that people's calendars are not their own. They basically, people put stuff on their calendars. They find themselves booked from morning until evening with no time in between to do anything for themselves, no time to actually be successful or to even focus in on their priorities. And so teaching people how to use um, a planner or to, you know, use whatever they're currently using, if it's Outlook or something else, but making sure that all of their days align to the things that are most important to them is critical. Otherwise, it's just this like runaway train that you, you're you just holding on tightly to and you can't get off. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah. you're talking When you're talking about <laughs> schedules and calendaring, I'm just like having... <laughs> flashbacks to my 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 job because we started getting into a place not just me but I think everybody you know mm-hmm. society in corporate America at large where somebody sees a blank you know your first of all your calendar is visible to other people now right and somebody sees a blank hour on your calendar they're like oh great I need to speak with Kristen let me put it here because I see it but there yeah. was never a permission that right. that time is okay for me. And I always was really curious about that. And so actually mm-hmm. what I started doing was blocking my time so that it would yeah. show as busy. Um, yeah. And I would intentionally leave a few, you know, some space for people to plot meetings on my calendar. Yeah. But where, when I needed work and focus time for me to get my work done, I put that, you know, block of time on the calendar. And I think it's very much, you know, part of what you're saying here, right, Anetta, is yeah. um, let don't let, you know, other people and other things um, be able to take your time away from yourself. Be intentional about how you give that time away. Yeah. And that's why people feel like their life is an imbalance because those are not, that's not how they would choose to spend their time. And so balance, I keep going back to this definition of when your daily choices align to your life values, you will feel in balance. When they do not, you will feel out of balance. And right now we've got about 2 billion people worldwide in the recent study said that they are not in balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me um, mm-hmm. just from how the work I've been doing recently. So um, you talk a, a lot about designing your life vision, um, mm-hmm. and you know I'd love to know um, how somebody can start making progress today on defining their life vision. Yeah, um, I always say start with your values. It's really important to identify values. So start really big. Like, what are the things that are most important to you? And you can find. Um, values. You can Google life values online and you'll find a whole series of them and pick 10, pick five to 10 that really resonate with you. And then write just a bullet, like a statement of how this applies to your life. For example, if your family is really important, you could say something like my family is my number one priority and I align my day 
to spend time with people I care about, something like that, whatever it means to you. But really figure out like, what are the things that are most important to you? What are your North stars? Like, what are these things? Start there. And then um, I do, there's many assessments like a circle of life or pillars of life that you can find coaching tools to say, look at all the areas of your life and you can define what those are. There's probably career and health and finances and relationships mm-hmm. and growth and development, whatever those are. And do an assessment of where your satisfaction is today in each of these areas of life. Find what the biggest gaps are. And then also define what does success look like? Like really, what does a well-lived life look like for you in these areas of your life? High level, again, aspirational. Don't worry about the how you're going to make this happen. Focus on the why. Like why do you, is this so important to you? And then start defining what the future looks like in the present tense for each of these areas. What does it look like? for your relationships, for your health, for your career, for your finances, et cetera. And then suddenly you have a life vision that you should feel so inspired by. Like I wrote mine back in 2017 and I read mine every week. So it's not like a document that's one and done. This should be a living, breathing document that you are reading that gets you excited, that you allows you to check in and say, am I really getting to where I want to be? And then also you can refine it because new things will come up and you'll say, like, I didn't have a podcast originally in 2017 because I wasn't really listening to podcasts now you know, suddenly a couple of years later, I was like, Ooh, podcast is part of this career that I want to build. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say in terms of what you can do. I also have, um, I have resources, uh, through my book. Um, I have a webpage mm-hmm. that is dedicated to resources and tools that I use. So if people purchase the book, they can access the resource page and there's a template for, um, the life vision along with some of these assessments that they can use. Amazing. That is so helpful. Uh, I have a goal on my, um, a a personal goal on my 2023 goal list uh, this year about creating a personal manifesto. And I actually think what I mean is a life vision. Um, So I'll definitely have to grab your book and help walk me through um, how to put that on paper. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to do that because I do see the value after doing all of this work and how much my mindset has changed about continuing the evolution, right? It's not just one and done. It's a continuous evolution into, you know, stepping into our most authentic selves. Um, I have one final question for you, Anetta. It's something that I ask all of my guests and um, I would love to hear from you about what you know today about being bold that you wish you knew earlier on. Hmm. Gosh, I don't know if I, one thing, but what comes to mind for me is, um, being bold is really listening to that inner voice that holds the truth and knowledge and then choosing to take action on it. So it's not just like hearing and listening, but also then choosing to say, all right, I'm going to take the next step and the next step towards that. And, um, And that's something I wish I knew because I think I always knew I wanted a life of service. I wanted to help people and I didn't, I wasn't curious enough to explore what that could really look like. And so Mm -hmm. I just kind of pushed it aside for a bit and didn't necessarily take the bold moves. But 
when I did become a little bit more curious then I was able to, uh, to take the action. And, um, and then here we are. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining the Bold Moves How Did You Know podcast, Annetta. It's been great having you here. Um, if people want to learn more about you and uh, explore some of the things you have available, where can they go? Yeah, I'd say my website's the best place, AnettaKuzma.com. You'll find access to my classes, to the programs I offer, my podcast, to the book. And, um, and you can find all my social um, handles there as well. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and on Instagram but start at the website. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks everyone else for tuning in. And remember to go check out the Bold Moves resources I put together for you. I know you're going to love it. And take the survey. Let me know what your Bold Move dream is all about. I can't wait to hear from you. That website is www.kristenrocco.com slash bold dash moves dash resources. And you can also find it right there linked in the show notes. Oh, and one last thing. If you've been following the show for some time now and you're loving what you're hearing, go ahead and hit subscribe so you can follow it and never miss an episode. See you in the next one.